Hi there to all you Glennies, near and far. Uh, we're in day 24 of lockdown. We've got 12 more to go, which means this Sunday is our two-thirds anniversary. So let's enjoy an anniversary together. We're two-thirds of the way through. We've still got one-third to go, but we're going to get there. And I really trust that you are doing well. I really trust that you are enjoying the devotion still. I, enjoy, um, I trust that you're enjoying the, the conversations that are on our InstaLive uh, program, as well as on our on our podcasts, I trust that you are enjoying the kids' uh, devotions and little talks that they're doing. Absolutely profound to hear these kids of ours just loving Jesus and and celebrating His good name. And I just and I trust that you are enjoying the the weekly podcasts as well. Trust that you are enjoying these Sundays together, and uh, really praying that God would would speak to you today. Today I want to speak about what does it mean to be in a community or in a, in a place that is being shaken. And we're going to look at, at Hebrews chapter 12 and get some reminders around what it means or how do we cope with this shaking that's going on. Lots of people have been uh, speaking about shaking. Uh, and I just want to keep reminding you that God is not in lockdown. Um, God is very much on the move. God is very much working. We're in lockdown, but he's not. And, uh, and I trust that you, in this time, we can approach this in, in a number of ways, this, this, this time that we're in. Uh, I was speaking to somebody this week, and they said, it's like we're holding our breath. And, and I think what we've got to do is if we, we can't hold our breath all the way through to the end. What we've got to do is we've got to learn to breathe in the new context. So actually, if we're in here, we kind of, holding our breath, eventually our breath is going to run out and we're going to die. And we don't want to do that. What we've got to do is that in this context, in this new environment, in this all this change and all the shaking that's happening, what we've got to do is we've got to learn to breathe and find a rhythm in God where we can, in faith, begin to live out and do the work that God called us to do going forward. Well, talking about the shaking of the present order of things. If you wouldn't mind turning in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, verse, we're going to read from verse 18 to 29. We're also going to go to Haggai chapter 2, uh, which is quoted in Hebrews chapter 12. So if you want to put your finger, find it that and put your finger in there as well so that we can read it together. Um, nobody likes to be shaken, friends. Nobody likes the insecurity, the instability. What we like is we like security and we like stability. And, and when there's a shaking, which is what's happening now, and, and, and there really is a shaking that's happening. Um, we've got a room. There's four things that I found in Hebrews chapter 12 that will help us that if we can remember these four things, it'll help us get through not just surviving, but actually thriving under the shaking of what's going down in the world today. I'm going to read out of the message version for those that might be asking, Stan, well, how come you, you're going to be reading all of today out of the message? Well, I, I personally, I, I read the, the NIV in my devotions and I study the ESV. And, the, and when I'm studying, I use the ESV and the, and the New American Standard Bible. But I love Eugene Peterson's rich language. And it just brings it to us in such a profound, simple, graphic almost. He almost is a wordsmith. He kind of paints pictures with his words. And so that's why I'm going to use uh, the message version as we read from verse 18 to verse 29 of Hebrews chapter 12. So let's go. 
Unlike your ancestors, you didn't come to Mount Sinai. All that volcanic blaze and earth-shaking rumble to hear God speak. What he's talking about, remember, he's remembering and talking about the Exodus when they approached God in the mountain and there was this thunder and lightning on volcano shaking kind of expression of God speaking. And he's saying, you did, unlike your ancestors, you did not come to Mount Sinai with all that volcanic blaze and earth shaking rumble to hear God speak. The ear splitting words and soul shaking message terrified them and they begged him to stop. They said, God, no, we can't hear you. Moses, you've got to go and hear on our behalf. When God had called them to be a kingdom of priests, a kingdom that would hear God and be in relationship with God, God, they say to him, no, Moses must go. When they heard the words, if an animal touches the mountain, it's as good as dead. They were afraid to move. And even Moses was terrified. And he's saying, Actually, these, these Hebrew Christians, remember, they are under a shaking. Their faith, their Christian faith is being shaken because of the persecution, because of all that's happening in the environment. And what's happening is some of them are wanting to default back into their, into their roots. And friends, what, what, one of, the, one of the, the, the tendencies that we can have in a moment of shaking is to go back to our default, which is our old ways, which is our old thinking, which is our old ways of living. When in fact, God's saying, no, no, no. Actually, I don't want you to do that in shaking. What I want you to do in shaking is actually, I want you to thrive and I want you to grow. And he's saying, unlike your ancestors, unlike those that came before you, you didn't come to a mountain of, of, of volcanic action and, and terror and, and, uh, and you were, where you were afraid to move. He goes on in verse 22. He says this, no, that's not your experience at all. You've come to Mount Zion. So we didn't go to, we, they did, we don't go into Mount Sinai. We're going to Mount Zion, the city where the living God resides. He's saying, and all this shaking, all this is happening. Remember this. You're not going to Mount Sinai. You're coming to Mount Zion, the city where God lives. The invisible Jerusalem is populated by throngs of festive angels and Christian citizens. It is the city where God is judged with judgments that make us just. You've come to Jesus who presents us with a new covenant, a fresh charter from God. What an exciting thing. We're not going to Mount Sinai with all its, with all its action and fearfulness. We're coming to Mount Sinai where there's these throngs of angels, festive angels. There's these believers in unison where God is judged, but his judgments are just and he brings life. And you come to, to Jesus who, who's, who's ratified a new covenant, a fresh charter from God, he says here. He is the mediator of this new covenant. You come to Jesus, the mediator of this new covenant. The murder of Jesus, unlike Abel's, a homicide that cried out for vengeance, became a proclamation of grace. So what he's doing here in, this, in, this, in these first few verses, he's saying everything's shaking, but you've got to remember this, is you're not going to Mount Sinai, you're coming to Mount Zion. And it's a completely different picture. One is a godly city where there is, where there's, it's not like Abel's blood that cried out for vengeance. It's actually like, it's, it's, this, it's, it's release of grace and love in the, in, around Mount Zion, unlike 
what there was in front of Mount Sinai. Let's go on to verse 25. So don't turn a deaf ear to these gracious words. If those who ignored earthly warnings didn't get away with it, what will happen to us if we turn our backs on heavenly warnings? His voice that time shook the earth to its foundations. This time he's told us this quite plainly, he will also rock the heavens. One last shaking from top to bottom, stem to stern. The phrase one last shaking means a thorough house cleansing, getting rid of all the historical and religious junk so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. Isn't it incredible? He's saying he's going to shake this, this, shake the heavens, not just shake the earth, but he's going to shake the heavens as well. And in that shaking, he's going to deal with all of this historical and religious junk so that the unshakable essentials can stand clear and uncluttered. What a profound thing to remember as we go through the shaking. Do you see what we've got? He says in verse 28, an unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deep, reverent, deep and reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He is actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is a fire. That's the message version of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18. To 29. There's four things that I believe that we've got to remember as we are in a moment of shaking. And friends, there is a lot of shaking. You'll know that. There is shaking. Everything's shaking. There's nothing that's not shaking. Homes are shaking. Economies are shaking. Governments are shaking. Uh, uh, continents are shaking. Just everything is shaking at the moment. There's nothing. There's nobody. There's, no, there's nothing that has been untouched by this pandemic that has gone around the world. And we are shaking. But friends, I want to, uh, the good news is this, is that this shaking leads to something profound if we can remember these four things. And the first thing is this, reminder one from verse 27 is this. We are part of an unshakable kingdom. You are part, as a believer in Jesus, you are part of an unshakable kingdom that will never be removed and can never be shaken apart ever. You're part of an unshakable kingdom. Let that sink in. And he says there, because you're unshakable, because you're part of this unshakable kingdom, that we should be thankful, that we should worship, and that we should be reverent, and we should revere God in a profound way. So friends, in Christ, this kingdom that we have this unshakable kingdom, the reason why it's unshakable, friends, is because of what Jesus has done through his life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. So actually, the reason why it's unshakable has got nothing to do with us. It's got all to do with what Jesus has done on our behalf. It has been bought for. It has been paid for. It is legally and legitimately his kingdom, and it is unshakable, friends. And I want to just say to you, God hasn't got an equal opposite to him. It's not like God is amazingly good and the devil is the same as God, but just bad. 
God, the devil is a created being. God is uncreated. God has not got an opposite equal. He is like no other. And when he comes and says that kingdom and, and legally takes hold of that kingdom and buys and pays for that kingdom, you've got to know that that kingdom is secure. Nobody can rob God of that kingdom. Nobody can rob you from that kingdom. That's what the scriptures say. And he says this is that what we've got to remember in the moment of shaking is that we're part of an unshakable an, an, an unshakable kingdom. Everything else might be shaking, but the kingdom is not shaking. And our response to an unshakable kingdom is this. One is we've got to be thankful. Friends, we've got to be thankful. We're not thankful for the virus. We're thankful for the kingdom that we're in. We've got to be thankful for our salvation. We've got to be thankful for our relationship with Jesus. When things are shaking, be thankful for what we have in Him. The second thing that we've got to do um, when response to this unshakable thing, kingdom is that we've got to be worshipful. We've got to worship Him. Friends, this is a moment where we as a community and as believers have got an opportunity to enter into the presence of God through worship, through song, through solitude, but just to be in worship with Him, to worship Him, to give Him all that He is worth because of this unshakable kingdom that is ours. We are to worship the King of the kingdom. And the third thing it says is that, that we've got to be reverent. We've got to worship in, in holiness and awe, it says in the NRV. We've got to be, there's, there's a reverence, friends, in this moment. When we start to contemplate an unshakable kingdom, something, the holiness of God has got to break into our hearts. And I think God in this process and in this shaking is taking us back to his holiness, where we, where he is not Father Christmas. And we wait for him to come and give us gifts. No, this is a God, of a creator God of the universe. And when we come into his presence, we fall flat on our faces in reverence and in awe at his greatness, his bigness, his might, his splendor, his majesty and his beauty. Friends, when we understand, remember this, is that we're part of an unshakable kingdom. We, we are thankful, we worship, and we become a reverent people. We, we, we become somebody that worships him in reverence and in awe. So when we're shaking, we've got to remember, we've got to get thankful. Number two is when we're shaking, we've got to remember that our relationship with God is not modeled after Israel's experience on Mount Sinai. We've got to remember our relationship with God is on a new heavenly reality where we relate to God through, through the picture of Mount Zion. The two mountains, Mount Sinai, where they got the law, and Mount Zion, the place where God lives, the place where God resides. And friends, there's a, there's a significant difference that this text in the different translations goes through, and it contrasts what we have in Mount Sinai and what we have in Mount Zion. And when we're shaking, friends, we've got to remember we don't go back to Mount Sinai. We've got to remember we are facing Mount Zion, an incredible, incredible moment, a heavenly moment in God. The reality of Jesus has come into the now and allowed us to have a glimpse of Mount Zion. And we are not to go back to Mount Zion, Mount Sinai, in, in its law and in its fear. This is not a moment to be fearful, friends. This is a moment to rejoice in what we have in Mount Zion. And this is what it says. I've got a little table here to contrast the difference between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion from this text. Mount Sinai 
is marked by fear and terror. Mount Zion, in contrast, is a place of love and forgiveness. When things are shaking, friends, it's not fear and terror. It's love and forgiveness. Mount Sinai is in the desert. Mount Zion is the place where God lives. It's not a place of barrenness. It's a place of life. It's a place where the presence of God is. When we're shaking, we've got to remember we've got to live in the presence of God, not in the barrenness of the desert. When things are shaking in Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai speaks of earthly things. The text speaks of earthly things, whereas in Mount Zion, it speaks of heavenly things. Friends, we've got to take our eyes off of earth and put it onto heaven and hear what God is saying to us. His words that will sustain us, his words and his life that will sustain us in the midst of the shaking. This is what the Hebrew writer to the Hebrews was saying to them. You've got to remember, you haven't got that old experience. You've got a new experience. You've got a new, you've got access to Mount Zion through Christ. In Mount Sinai, only Moses was allowed to draw near to God. The rest of the people had to stay at the bottom of the mountain. But with Mount Zion, the whole assembly, all the people are invited to draw near to him. When we're shaking, friends, we've got to draw near to him. This is something this, that, that Hebrew church was shaking and, and the writer to the Hebrews saying, listen now, this is a moment not to be fearful and full of terror, not to, not to be letting somebody else have a relationship with God for you. Actually, no, it's going to be your relationship with God that deepens. It's your personal relationship with God that's got to go places in this place and be invited to draw near to him. In Mount Sinai, it's characterized by guilty men and fear, whereas in Mount Zion, it's, it's characterized by just men made perfect. Righteous men made perfect because of what Jesus has done. In the midst of, in the midst of shaking friends, we've got to know who we are in God, who we are in Jesus, our righteousness in him, all that we have in him. In Mount Sinai, Moses was the mediator. In Mount Zion, Jesus is the mediator the perfect mediator, the once and for all mediator. It's an absolute joy to be able to be part of this new dispensation in Christ. In Mount Sinai, the old cut covenant is ratified by the blood of, avon, by blood of animals. In the new covenant, in the, in the Mount Zion, the new covenant is ratified by the blood of Jesus, the once and for all perfect sacrifice of Jesus. In Mount, Zion, in Mount Sinai, it's about exclusion and keeping people away from the mountain. In Mount Zion, it's about invitation. And friends, it's an invitation to everybody and anybody who wants to meet with God. Everybody and anybody. There's something in this Mount Zion text where we at this moment have got to remember, we've got to take people to meet Jesus on the mountain of the Lord. Friends, I say all of this to say this. We shouldn't come to Mount Zion as if we're coming to Mount Sinai. In this moment, when we're shaking, we've got to remember we have a Mount Zion ahead of us, a living God, a, a city where the living God stays. And we're meant to approach that place with joy and worship and thankfulness and reverence. It's an incredible thing to know. Friends, it means this is that there should be no hesitation in us. In this moment, we've got to know who we are and whose we are. 
We've got to know that actually we can confidently and boldly approach God in these times of shaking. In our lament and in our sorrow and in our brokenheartedness and in our loss and all that goes with it, friends. We can go in our grief and in, in all that's happening in our minds and our hearts, friends. We have a Mount Zion to approach, not a Mount Zion to approach. When we're shaking, we've got to get bold. Number one, we've got to get thankful. Number two, we've got to get bold when we're shaking. Number three, it's from verse 28. It says this. The phrase in the, the message, it says this. The, the phrase, the one last shaking means a thorough house cleaning, getting rid of all the historical and religious junk so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. You see, friends, we've got to remember in a shaking, God is not an indifferent bystander, it says in the text. He is not an indifferent bystander. In this process of shaking, God is working. Friends, don't be fooled into thinking that God is, is this kind of indifferent, just onlooker. He's not doing anything. He's like a little bit concerned. He's a bit worried. Friends, he is completely not worried. God has completely got this. God knows what he's doing. He knows what's coming. He's preparing you and me and everybody. And he's got this thing, friends. In a moment of shaking, we've got to believe, know this. God is not an indifferent bystander. He's an involved father. Getting involved, getting his hands dirty in the muck and the mire of our lives and all that goes on with this, with this coronavirus. There's three things that happen when there's a shaking. There's three things that happen when there's shaking. I've got an illustration, two, three things to illustrate to you, just to help you remember. You see, friends, when there's a shaking and God's working, what he's doing, it's like that text says, it means he's, he's doing a thorough house cleaning and getting rid of all the historical and religious junk so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. So what God is doing, he is busy working in our lives, getting rid of all the junk, getting all of, rid of all the historical and religious junk, all the stuff that happened in our past and all the religious thinking that's in our minds. He's trying to get rid of that stuff. And there's three kinds of shaking. The first one is popcorn shaking. The second one is bugs shaking. And the third one is cereal shaking. What are you talking about, Stan? Well, this is what I'm talking about. Popcorn. You know when you go to, you know when you go to the movies and you've got your popcorn and now you want to put your salt on? And what you do is you put your salt on, you put your salt on, you pour it all over, and you pour it over, and then what you do is you shake it a lot. You shake it and you bounce it and you shake it and you make sure that the salt gets everywhere because you want to get the salt down to the bottom. You want to get the salt onto the popcorn. So the first type of shaking is this. When there's a shaking, God wants to put something on us. The Spirit of God came upon Jesus at his baptism and remained on him. God wants to put something on us. He wants to put something. He wants to anoint us. He wants to put a, a Holy Spirit blanket and clothing on us for the sake of the future. The second kind of shaking of is the bugs shaking. What do I talk about this? What do I mean by this? It's when you've got something on your, when you've got something on your clothes or on your blanket or whatever, dog hair, or you've got dog hair, or if you've got bugs, what you do is you shake that thing. Yes, shake it. Just keep shaking it. You see, and what happens in a shaking is God, not only like popcorn wants to put something on us, God wants to take something off of us. So 
That's the second type of shaking. It's the kind of shaking to get something off of us like a blanket. And the third kind of shaking is when God wants to put something in us. I don't know if you've done this before. This is some good old jungle oats. And what you do is you pour the, the jungle oats into the, into the jar. And uh, not playing games here with me. You pour it into the jar. There we go. But I've still got some left in the jar, in the, in the box, but the jar is full. So what I do, I shake it. I shake it. Because actually what I want to do is I want to get more in. I want to get more in. So when there's a shaking, what God does is he allows us to put more into us. Those are the three types of shaking that all of us said again, God is going to take us through. We're going to be shaking where God wants to put something on us like popcorn, where God wants to take something off of us like a blanket, getting rid of bugs, and, like, and, and shaking where God wants to put more into us like a cereal jar as we make room for more of God. And that's what shaking does, friends. God is not an indifferent bystander. He is working powerfully with us in this moment. Don't step back from what God is wanting to do. Now I've got stuff all over my iPad. In that same text, it says that he's actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is fire. That's what it says in verse 29. You see, friends, there's this moment where God is not an innocent bystander. He is busy working powerfully, putting stuff into us, taking stuff off of us. Friends, you know what's happening in these times of shaking? Is that God is exposing our idols. How do you know when you've got an idol? Because it's simple. It's the thing you fear. When you're in fear, it's actually because God is, your idol that has been dormant or kind of undercover is all of a sudden being exposed. And now what we have is this idol coming out and actually we start to fear because actually that thing is taking precedence. It's becoming more important than God. And friends, when there's a shaking, God exposes our idols. What are we following? Are we following Jesus? Are we following money? Are we following success? Are we follow- what are we following? This is what happens when there's a shaking. Those things get exposed. What is of God and what is not of God in a shaking will get exposed, friends. He's cleaning house and tor- tor- torching all that needs to burn. It says, the message version says. What is of God and what is not of God is getting revealed. How we built our lives is getting revealed. Is it my will or is it God's will? Gets revealed. How are we building? What is the priority of our life? Is it, my, is it my strength or is it God's strength that we're doing our work in and doing everything in? Because when there's a shaking that's affecting everybody, friends, we've got to be in God's strength, not in our strength. Friends, it, 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 it goes on to our priorities and starts to affect our priorities, where we're at, what's, what. Priorities are simply the things that we do first. What's important and what's important, what's not important is getting, ex, 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 my wife's just sending me a, a cloth. I'm getting hot in this room here. What's important is getting exposed. What we deem as important or not important gets exposed in a time of shaking. And friends, I want to I encourage you in this time, we've got to remember 
God is not an indifferent bystander. He is busy working and moving and he's putting, friends, we want to see systemic change after this. We want to see structural change. We want to see how the change operates. And there's been lots of talk about how oh, the church is going to change and how we do church is going to change and everything's going to change, friends. I want to tell you, nothing's going to change unless something changes in our hearts first. God is not a, an indifferent bystander. He is somebody that's working in us in this moment, working in us and working out all the stuff that's going on around us. And then the fourth thing is this. Fourth thing to remember is this. We've got to be careful that we don't miss what God is doing at this time. We've got to be careful. Verse 25. Be careful that you don't refuse to listen to God who is speaking. When they're shaking, friends, we can so be caught up in the shaking that we forget that it's not an indifferent bystanding God, but actually there's somebody that's speaking and we cannot miss what God is doing in this moment. And what he does is he uses Haggai chapter 2 to, as, a, as a, he quotes it, he's a paraphrases Haggai chapter 2 um, in the Hebrews chapter 12 text. And this is what Haggai chapter 2 verse 2 to 10 says. This is the NET Bible version. Ask the following questions to Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, governor of Judah, the high priest Joshua, son of Zadok, and the remnant of the people. Who among you survivors saw the former splendor of this temple? How does it look to you now? Isn't it nothing by comparison? So those that have saw the splendor of the old temple, he's saying to them, what, is it, what does it look like now? Does it look like there's nothing, there's no hope? The, the splendor of the old was, how, how's it ever going to be replaced? How are we ever going to get back to what it looks like now? Uh, what it looked like then? And he says this in verse 4. Even so, take heart, Zerubbabel, decrees the Lord. Take heart, Joshua, son of Jezedek, the high priest. And take heart, all you citizens of the land, decrees the Lord. And begin to work. They had to begin the work of rebuilding the temple. They had stopped and now God is sending the prophets to say, you've got to start again. He carries on, he says, For I am with you, decrees the Lord of, of heaven's armies. Do not fear, because I made a promise to your ancestors when they left Egypt, and my spirit even now testifies to you. Moreover, this is what the Lord of the heaven armies has said. In, in just a little while, I will once again shake the sky and the earth and the sea and the dry ground. I will also shake up all the nations, and they will offer their treasures then I will fill this temple with glory. So the Lord of the heavens armies has said, the silver and the gold will be mine, decrees the Lord of the heavens armies. The future splendor of this temple, temple will be greater than the former times. The Lord of the heavens armies has declared, and this peace I will give. And in this place I will give peace, decrees the Lord of the heavens armies. This is the text that he starts to quote this is what he quotes in Hebrews chapter 12. And this is my fourth, this is my fourth uh, reminder. We've got to be careful that we don't miss what God is doing at this time. And it's quite interesting in that Hebrews, in that Haggai chapter 2 text, there's a number of things that he does. Remember what we've got to think. What are you doing, God? The first thing that we see there is that God promises greater glory of the latter than it was of the former. So we've got to know wherever we're going and in a time of shaking, whatever's happening, what's coming after will be greater than what went before. 
We've got to remember that. We've got to put that in our hearts. Number two, it says the nations will offer up their treasure. And in this, in this context, it's talking about money, that money from the nations will come into the temple. And I believe there is going to be a financial boom and a financial uh, a release into the kingdom of God after this. And as this thing begins to unfold. But friends, I want to say, I think the real treasure of the nations are the souls of men, women, and children. I believe if we, in a moment of shaking, can see what God is doing, we'll start to see the multitudes and multitudes of people that are going to give their lives to Jesus as the treasures of the nations come back to Mount Zion. There's a great harvest and a great revival that God is promising, that God is setting up. And we see this from Haggai chapter 2. We also see, see this. It says, silver and gold is mine. We've got to remember in the shaking, friends, the economies of the world are in God's hands. They are not in politicians' hands. They are not in the IMF's hands. They're not in government's hands. Friends, they're in the hands of God. And God at this time is reminding us, He is reminding us that the economies of the world are in His hands. Silver and gold are in his hands. And when there's a shaking, friends, we've got to remember that actually the economy of our home and the economy of our nation is in God's hands. And we've got to trust God for what he has for us financially. The world is God's household. And the economy is in his hands. The fourth thing we see from, from Haggai chapter 2, he says this, he says, take heart. In other translations, he says, be strong. And he speaks to Zerubbabel, the governor. He speaks to Joshua, the priest. And then he says, take heart and be strong. All the people. He, talk, he, looks, at, he looks at church leaders and priests. He looks at governors and rulers and government officials. And he looks at all the people. Nobody's excluded. Everybody is get, gets to play in the great rebuilding of what God wants to do. When there's a shaking, friends, we've got to remember we've got to take heart and we've got to be strong. We've got to have one of our values as a church is courageous faith. At this time, when there's a shaking, we've got to remember that we have an awesome God who has spoken incredible promises over our nation, over your, over your life, over the church, over the city, over the nations of the world, friends. And those promises are still waiting to be fulfilled. And we can have a courageous faith to step into what God has said and what he has promised in this moment of shaking. Fifthly, he says, I'm with you. He says, I'm with you. In a moment of shaking, Haggai reminds us that actually God is with us. And he's with us because of a covenantal promise. He speaks about a covenantal promise when they came out of Egypt. Friends, we have a greater promise. We have an incredible covenantal promise bought by the blood of Jesus. That, and the promise is, I will be with you. I will be with you. And when we're in a moment of shaking, we've got to remember that God is with us. And he goes straight after that to say, do not fear, because when God is with you, you don't need to fear. When we remember that God is with us, we don't need to fear. And lastly, Haggai reminds us, he reminds them, he says, do the work. And when I, when I read that this afternoon, I thought, man, do the work. Friends, in the midst of lockdown, in the midst of all that's happening, God says to us, do the work. Do the work. Do take hold of the mission of God. Take hold of the mandate of God. The kingdom of God is still advancing. The king of the kingdom is still the king. He hasn't been 
deposed. He's still the king. And actually, as the church, we've got to make sure that we continue to do the work. Continue to do the work with your neighbors and continue to do the work with your work colleagues and continue to do the work that you call your, your, uh, your, your careers and your jobs that your hands are called to do and you are called to do, but continue to do the work. Continue to do the work in your families and with your children and your spouses. Continue to do the work. And Haggai reminds us that when we're shaking, we don't, God is with us. We don't need to fear. We must get on with the work. What an incredible promise. Four promises when we're shaking or four things that we must remember. Number one, we're part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So we've got to get thankful and worshipful. Number two, in the shaking and in, in the shaking of all that's happening, we've got to remember that our relationship with God is to Mount Zion, not to Mount Sana. It's under grace. It's not under law and all that we spoke about. We've got to get bold with God. We can, in the midst of shaking, be bold with God. God is not against us. He's for us. Number three, God is not an indifferent bystander. God is not an indifferent bystander. He is working in us and shaping us and shifting us and dealing with our idols and taking out the trash of our lives and, and just dealing with us, friends, and making us more like Jesus. And fourthly, be careful in a moment of shaking that we don't refuse to listen to what God is doing and to see what God is saying and to do see what God is doing. There's work to do. And I believe, friends, if we can get onto, if we can get those four things into our minds and hearts in the season of shaking, we will not just be surviving. Actually, we will be thriving. And I trust and I pray that actually every single one of you would enter in these last few days, last few weeks of this, of this lockdown into a place of thriving and, and in a relationship with God like it was never before, that we can actually start to do the work. We can trust God, see God come through for us. He is with us. You don't need to fear. And uh, what, what an incredible promise we have in the scriptures from Hebrews chapter 12 and Haggai chapter 2. Bless you. Have an incredible day. Pray that your God's richest blessing will be over you and every single one of yours that are watching, that are in, this, in your home, in your, in your lives at the moment. Bless you and have a great day.